Welcome, friends, to the Ocean Chicks Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Karen, and today on the show we have an incredible actor, director, and producer from such films as About Hope, Avocado Toast, and my favorite, Attack of the Killer Donuts. I'm talking about the one, the only, Justin Ray. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Ocean Chicks Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Karen, and today in the broadcast studio, we have actor Justin Ray from the movie Attack of the Killer Donuts and other movies too, but we really love that movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, that's Justin? most important. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? It's going really well. Thank you Good. for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Well, you were on about a month ago on our Spirits and Screams live stream. And um, I wanted to ask you so many questions then, but there was just too many people. <laughs> so right. I couldn't really do that. So, And we had uh, your friend and uh, uh, co-actor from that film, uh, Ben Heyman, on too, right? That was really fun. Yes, I hadn't seen him in a very long time, so that was really cool to catch up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It was really fun. Well, my friends and I fell in love with the Attack of the Killer Donuts. So, of course, <laughs> I'm going to talk about that a little bit, you know. Um, yes, I got horror. Oh. I got myself a mug. Do not ever let me go. Uh, this, is actually, this is from uh, the costumers of the, the set of Attack of the Killer Donuts. Oh, cool. The that they gave me and yep. uh, Ben and, and Kayla. So it was really fun. Uh, that's super fun. Do you still talk to Kayla too? Um, Through text now and then, but we don't really keep in touch much. Right. I guess it was quite a while ago that that movie came out too. Yeah, it was like, and after, after we finished filming, like Kayla, I think Ben had not too long after that, Ben went back to New York for a little bit and then came back and, but me and Kayla and, and her, or her now husband, but at then at that time, I think it was just her fiance. We, uh, right. we uh, would go see movies and stuff together and stuff. So we, we were keeping in touch. Okay. But then, yeah, you know, time um, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I should ask you, too, where are you located and how did you get into acting? I am now located in Austin, Texas. Um, I, I had been in L.A. for about 10 years before I moved here and uh, originally from San Diego. And uh, I got into acting because of my aunt michelle actually because okay. uh i i was in high school and i was kind of just not really sure what i wanted to do like extra curricular activities outside of high school i just kind of didn't i wasn't really involved in sports that much i was just kind of like i don't know what i want to do right and uh one day she was like hey you're you know my my daughter which is my cousin danielle she's like she's gonna audition for this youth theater program you should just right. audition with her i think you would like it and I was just like, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll try it. Yeah. And uh, it's like the day of the audition, like something just ignited inside of me that I, I didn't know, I didn't know I would enjoy performing and, and acting and stuff. And then that audition day kind of just changed the trajectory of my, my life kind of. <laughs> right. And uh, I hadn't ever since that audition, I haven't stopped pursuing performing in, in on any level. So. Um, right it's kind of that's where it started really okay, so musical cool. theater, musical theater is really where it started for me and oh okay yeah and so I, I 
I uh, quickly became, I quickly learned through doing musical theater that I had a natural uh, instinct for dance. And, and I didn't, I didn't really know that that was a gift I had. And then right. when I got into college, I actually started training in dance and I progressed pretty quickly after doing a, like a, I did a dance scholarship at this studio in San Diego for eight months where I took 10 dance classes a week. Right. And uh, then like dancing kind of became a very strong part of my life and which kind of pushed me into musical theater. And I did musical theater for many years. Wow. You know, it's strange. When I was a kid, I did about 10 years of dancing too. Oh yeah? I could have gone professional. Uh, we were in a smaller town in Northwestern Ontario and my mm. teacher moved to Toronto so she invited us, each one of us out in the summers to go, you know, kind of pursue it further. Some of my friends went on with it, but it was high school time. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of into boys and, you know, <laughs> roller skating. I think I'm going to just leave it. But yeah, I took tap, jazz. We did a little bit of ballet, but mostly tap and jazz and that kind of thing. Lots of summer schools and stuff. And uh, I was really good at tap dancing. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. Oh, was, those are great memories. Like it yeah. was so cool. We'd go to summer schools in Toronto and get taught by some of the bigger teachers. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. Um, and my teacher, she has, uh, I don't know if she's still called that, but the Margot Hartley School of Dance and okay. uh, Bojangles and that kind of thing. And uh, she worked with Brian Foley. I don't know if you know him, but anyway, she's still yeah. active and she's she's put out a lot of really great talent that has gone far. That's Since great. then, years ago, we were like the first little tiny group that went to the rec center in my small hometown and started doing the dancing and stuff. And yeah, I can, I get that you enjoy that because it's a lot of fun. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. So do you do that kind of thing still with the acting or acting's your full-time gig, right? Yeah, well, acting and uh, now producing uh my brother and I have a production company here in, in Austin. Oh, actually. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we do, we do our own. So I do, um, I edit, I sometimes direct, I sometimes write. So like, I, it's just all in the encompassing of the, the entertainment industry, basically. Um, right. Um, so, which is great. Cause I get to keep that creative stuff going, even if I don't have an acting gig at the time. Right. Um, but yeah, what were we talking about before that? Dancing. Dancing. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so dancing now, uh, I don't train anymore, but I do actually, uh, one of my last gigs with musical theater was in LA before I left. Right. I was doing a production of rock of ages. Oh, cool. And it's kind of a sad story cause, uh, it would have been still there if COVID didn't happen. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a so the the one of the producers of the Broadway show of Rock of Ages and and yeah. the director of the Broadway show and the choreographer of the Broadway show they all got together to create a they they rented a venue in Hollywood right. in the heart of L.A. Um, and they actually built the Bourbon Room, which the show was surrounded around. It's, it's around the the location of the bar, the Bourbon Room in the. Yep show and so they actually got a space built an actual functioning bar and it's called the bourbon room it's still there right now right and on the back area of it they they turned uh, the space into a immersive 
theater show of the show Rock of Ages. So you can go to a, go to the bar, hang out at the bourbon room, and oh. see the show and have dinner during the show. Cool. And they had planned for that to be a staple of LA that was never closed. Um, and so I got to be a part of the original cast of that um, production. And yeah. we opened in, officially opened in January of 20, uh, 2020. Right. And uh, then that March got shut down. And so, yeah. I mean, that was supposed to be like a 10 year run. And, Do you uh, think they'll reopen it? Try it again? No, it's pretty tough, hey? Yeah, I think they lost so much money on the starting it up. Yeah. There just wasn't. We officially got our terminate. So they hold from March like 16th, I think, was our first like canceled show. And then we were all just like on hiatus waiting to see what would happen. And then March, I think, no, May 27th, I want to say, we right. officially got our like termination notices of like the show's not going to continue and where it's done. There's There's potential that the show like what they did there might open in florida and also open in vegas like they had had those conversations while the, our show was happening because our our production was like a a proof of concept of what's possible with this particular show and like a venue like that and i do think it would work well in places like vegas and nashville and, and florida right and i know the producer was having those discussions. So there could be at some point in the future, another rendition of that type of production. Right. Um, but I think the LA one, the bourbon room is still there. So if you do, if anyone goes to LA, they can actually go visit the bourbon room. Cool. Um, and that back performing area is still utilized for different, uh, you, you can rent it for, if you're like an artist and want to perform music or whatnot, like it's a venue that can't be used. Right. But yeah, it's unfortunate that- It's a uh, bummer. It's kind of scary right now too. I know just just when the pandemic hit, I just done a huge uh, movie screening of the movie. Um, what did I do? Uh, uh, Sharkwater Extinction, and I had the mayor was like sending us a letter of congratulations. I had all all the restaurants in town, all the vegan restaurants. It was huge, and I was like, oh, this is my new thing this is what i'm gonna do it's so cool and then the pandemic hit and i'm at a stage now where i don't even want to fire it back up again because i don't know what's going to happen in right. the future you know and it takes months to plan these things right you know and you invest a lot into it so yeah that's a bummer but you never know things could turn around for your show sure. and it could happen again you know yeah and it may be i mean for me like i love that i got to be a part of that and like the cast and we were all so t like close-knit and it was such a it was such a roller coaster experience because like getting started, they had some major issues with the location. It wasn't ready when we were ready for it. So we we're all right. like waiting for it to open. Yeah. So it was like a long process, like months and months and months before they got that show on its feet. Right. And so uh, the cast, because of that, the cast was like a really tight bond and uh, which was, it was just so sad. Like, and then we finally opened and then shut down. <laughs> but yeah. for me, the theater, like I don't, pursue theater unless something like that because that that just made sense i was living in la and i i didn't really want to go to new york i didn't want to go on tour i was kind of just i focused on the tv film side of things but that right. was like a, a location in la and it was only performing at night so it's like oh this is a perfect gig for an actor because i can stay in hollywood do a musical theater show but then still be able to audition for everything right um, but so that's 
so for me, like with theater right now, I'm, I'm not pursuing it, but I still, there's a, so I'm in, I'm in Austin, but there's a youth theater in Houston that I'm right. actually involved with. And uh, I go there pretty often every year to, to teach dance and to choreograph oh, cool. productions. I'm actually going there this June to do their teen summer camp. I do that every, I've done that for the past six summers. This is right. my seventh summer, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I direct and choreograph for their teen summer camp. Wow. I bet you that's really cool for those teenagers to be able to do a class with you. And I know as for myself, we would get to be part of summer schools. It was so meaningful. You know, I still remember those moments like, um, yeah, really special. It's, it's great that you do things like that because you're inspiring people to kind of pursue their art, you know, their artistic side. And that's very cool because life is not like that so much anymore, yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, I don't know about uh, the states, but I know in Canada, quite a few years back, you know, the government cut the budget on the arts. So it's not really, uh, it's not as easy to do that kind of thing. I have an art degree as well. Mm. And, um, you know, you just have to be creative and do whatever you can. But people like you, it's really great that you're still inspiring that, not just telling people to get into business and become, you know, right. a regular good paying job. And I think it's good that you do that. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. I, yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of dancing, I'm kind of jumping ahead here. You did a movie called One Chance to Dance in 2014. Yeah. Um, and then Ben mentioned that was he liked that movie too. Tell us about that. I, don't, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah, so that is a, it's like a teen dance kind of rom-com, I guess you would say. It's, it's, right. it's like, you know, it's geared towards the tween girl age it's like it's a very kind of hallmarky but for kids like for a teen you know it's it's cute yeah. it's a uh, um well, 2000 man that feels like such a, a long time ago <laughs> yeah so i auditioned for that in la and i think we shot it around uh like not too far from la itself actually right um, but yeah it was actually it was cool to to be able to be, I hadn't, at that point, I hadn't done like a high school aged production of any sort. And I always wanted to be, you know, in one of those like high school dramas. Yeah. Um, and so it was really fun to be able to be in something like that. Um, even though I was not in high school at all. Uh, right. But you look very young. <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I was uh, way too old to be in that movie. But um <laughs> But it was cool to also be able to use my dancing abilities in right. the movie because at that point, I don't think I had, I think I'd done like a short film that had some dancing in it, but that was my first like big gig that actually involved a lot of dancing and acting at the same time. Right. Cool. It was, I, I was really appreciative to get that, to get that role. Yeah. I got to see it still. I want to watch that one. It used, um, to, be, it used to be on Netflix and then did I think it? Their Netflix deal, I think they only had like a three-year distribution deal yeah. with Netflix. And so now I think you can just rent it on like Amazon or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I can find it. I'm sure. Um, I'm going to have your IMDb listed uh, in the description box below so people can check it out too or whatever other links you want so people can follow you. Um, how many movies have you done? Do you know? Uh, I think like including ones that no one will ever know about. Probably, like as far as features go, I've done about eleven or twelve. Okay. But some of them, 
there's no way to see them. One of one of them for sure was never my very first feature I ever acted in has never been released. Really? Yeah, it, they never. Uh, it didn't. I mean, it didn't turn out very good. <laughs> no? What what yeah. style of movie was it? It was it was going to be a horror. It was a it was like a psychological thriller horror. Something. Right. And uh, the you know they had big hopes for it. It was yeah. my very first features, my very first like lead role of a film. Right. I was very excited yeah. about it. Um, and we we shot it up in uh, Green Valley Lake. It's called. It's next to Big Bear. So if okay. like, yeah, so if you go up to oh, you, you're not from here uh, no. in California, uh, it's a Big Bear is like maybe I've heard two of it. Hours. It's two hours outside of LA, like more okay. east, and then it's right. up in the mountains, and it's like a very mountainy, snowy town. Right. Um, and then next to uh, Big Bear is like the main big area up there. And then a very smaller neighborhood is called Green Valley Lake. And so that okay. was the location of this movie. And we went up there and just stayed in cabins and shot this horror film. Cool. Uh, yeah, they couldn't sell it. It wasn't scary. Everyone that tried to sell it to says it's not scary enough for a horror film. It's not thrilling enough for a thriller. So like they, they didn't really have a, a specific genre that it really fit into. Right. And I think it was also a little bit too early when it comes to all these different streaming networks. Right. So I, I think now, if they made that movie now, it might be able to be seen because it was like, you know, you can throw something up on Amazon Prime. But at that time, I think this is back in, what was this, 2011, maybe? Okay. Maybe 10, I think maybe 2010. Yeah. It just wasn't. I'm dying to see it now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any way. There's like, it's not posted anywhere. No. Do you get it for your resume at least? Uh, do you have it to be able to? I have, I don't know how that I have a screener from the director. It's like a, like a low quality, like uh burn that he did. It's like a DVD burn that he gave me. Um, him and the producer, not to, I won't talk about names. They had, they no. had a falling out and like the producer grabbed no. the drive from the director and it's like, this is, you can't have this anymore. There's this, you know, a lot of controversy. Behind that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get it. So, uh, but I, actually, I do have a, a DVD of one of the edits. I don't think it was the final edit, but it was one of the edits. So, right. Yeah. Ah, cool. <laughs> well, those things happened and it was a good experience and you learned. I was right? very excited to be a lead in movie and <laughs> yeah. that's all I can say about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Speaking of horror, let's transition into Attack of the Killer Donuts. Yeah. I'm sure there's some viewers or listeners that have not heard of it or seen it yet. So let's talk about that. That movie was so cool. I've watched it a whole bunch of times. It was so much fun. And I was thinking about it today. Why did I like that so much? I think because visually it's a really cool looking movie mm. and the fact that it's horror and it's funny, it's comedy. I, um, I really liked it. So what was it like getting the script to that and reading it and going, okay. <laughs> oh, let's first tell everybody what it's about. So it's about uh, these donuts in a donut shop that accidentally get radioactive and then they grow teeth and they start attacking and killing people. <laughs> and you and your friends uh, work to try to stop them, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, do our, we do our best to kill the, the yeah. killer donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fun. So when you saw the script, what did you do? Go, oh, I... <laughs> Yeah, you know, 
there's these so as an actor when you're not like you know a celebrity or anything or like big big resume you you were looking on these uh these acting sites and you're there you, you see these postings of like looking for actors for this film and so then you know i submitted i think what really first grabbed me was just the title it's like oh my gosh this is ridiculous but yeah. in this way like yeah. it's like i like you know it, obviously it's reminiscent of like attack of the killer tomatoes and so you're just right. like you know this could be ridiculously stupid on in the best way and so therefore like i can get behind doing something like this because it's like just because of the title i'm like everyone's gonna want to watch it if they're just like what there's a movie about killer donuts okay yeah. <laughs> so i remember my manager at that time was like wait you're gonna do what <laughs> <laughs> i was like i think it'd be funny he's like okay i guess yeah sure why not it'd be a cold classic might as well yeah um and I, that's the thing and i think like i i i submitted just like you know this could be a blast and then i got a got an audition and got a call back and it's like this this will be fun like the the team seemed great and uh i remember doing a chemistry read with kayla and i was like she's she's great like this could be yeah. a lot of fun yeah. um, so i am i'm very very glad i got to be a part of that project it was fun. It was fun to do. Yeah. How could it not be fun? It's funny. <laughs> Donuts yeah. and teeth. Come on. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you typically get the lead roles in films? Because a lot of them you I've seen you you have you've done a lot of other things too. I haven't seen though, but or do you go for that or does it just work out that way? Um, I mean, yeah, it works out that way, but it's also for me, like I don't I submit to most things I'm interested in, to, to, whether it's the lead or not. Right. But my, my archetype of what I kind of feel most connected to when it comes to like films is typically the leading man. Like that's right. kind of my demographic. Yep. And those types of roles are what I just connect to more. Right. Um, and and honestly, like I enjoy to do them more because you just can there's just more uh, story to tell. Right. I think it's really, it's actually hard when for actors to do like really small roles that kind of show up in one scene or two scenes and that's it. Right. You don't have like a lot of, you have to create so much backstory to like make those moments feel okay and real. Yeah. But when you have like a full script of like the story you're telling, it's, I don't know. It, it just it's easier to like embody what that role is because you have so much information that you're 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 um, so much story you're telling basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that, but okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was going to ask you something, and now I've forgotten my train of thought. Um, oh, how do you prepare for a role? I typically just kind of sit with the script. Yeah. Um, I read the script, and then. I allow myself to kind of sit with it for the next few days and just kind of just think through the initial arc and the story and kind of just see what, where it feels like, you know, cause you, for me, like most actors, I think do the same. You, you try to bring a part of yourself that embodies the role. So you find the parts of you that like fit this character. And uh, for me, that's right. at least what I do. Some people, some actors like to approach it of like, no, I just, you know, start from nothing and then I build it. It's like, I start from myself and find like, 
how do I fit into this role? Right. And, and what parts of me are similar to this character? And then I like accentuate that and then see where I can kind of round out and like add some things that maybe I, I'm not like. Um, so the S typical way to do is kind of just read the script and then think and just sit and think about it. And I'm very, I'm like kind of analytical when it comes to that and just kind of, I like to sit in my head and just like envision the scenes, envision the scenarios, envision like maybe the camera will be here. Like how would I, how would I portray what I'm thinking of within this scene? And yeah. Um, yeah, and then you just kind of show up on set with film, at least on the level that I'm at right now, and the pro most of the projects I've been in, it's very rare to ever get rehearsals when it comes to film. Oh, really? Yeah, like theater, you know, plays, uh, that was my start, and like you rehearse everything, and you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, and then finally you get to perform. With, wow. With film, you don't. Like, there's not time for that, because when you show up on set, they only have 10 hours of that day to shoot and they have to get through this many pages of scenes. And so it's like, you show up, you go to hair and makeup, you get your costume on, you get your microphone. And then they're like, maybe block the scene real quick and then they shoot it. And wow. so you have That's to- terrifying. <laughs> I love it. Is it? It's a thrill, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But so like, so as the actor, you, you know, and obviously there are other projects, if there's more money involved, then like there is the time to like actually sit with the director and go to the location or and like block it out and actually rehearse moments and beats. Right. Um, but on the independent level, it's very rare. And so you have to, I quickly learned like you have to show up ready to perform and, right. and just be able to do it in a second and uh, then allow yourself to be open to any like adjustments that the director might have. Like, hey, right. Maybe think about this here and think about this there. But oftentimes, I mean, if that what's great is like if I come prepared enough, the director doesn't have to spend that much time, then they can move on and get all the shots they want, which is great. Right. Yeah. 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 Have you ever had moments on sets where people weren't prepared and it was bad? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a huge blowout. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been experiences like that. Um yeah people just can't remember their lines or they keep flubbing their lines or yeah. they keep like, they get nervous and they keep forgetting their blocking. And it's like, yeah. in fact, that one, that one movie, I, the first movie I did, I had that experience where we had to do this scene. Like it was a very uncomfortable scene about like eight times because there was just a small little blocking thing that this other actor couldn't remember. I was just right. like, head like, get it right. I don't want to do this again. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> That would be me, <laughs> forgetting everything, going blank. Yeah. Um, so if you did, if you were offered a movie, say like Hellraiser, where you have to do a huge transformation into somebody else that you're not, you know, familiar with and, you know, that kind of thing, would you do that too? Or do you typically like to do drama, you know, um, the kinds of things that I've seen so far? Yeah, yeah. I, I am definitely open to... Something Any, that pushes the limits for you, you know, right, keeps yeah. you out of that comfort zone. I'm definitely open to most, most characters. It, for me, it's not, it's more so like, if it's a character that I have nothing, nothing, if I can't connect to the character at all, right? Um, it is a little bit difficult to like want to do that. Cause I'm like, I don't know that, right. but, um, but if it is a character that I don't connect with, but I love the story of the project and I love like the message of the film or the story or like, you know, then that will be enough to like draw me to those types of characters. Right. Um, but I have to have something that like, 
Well, I <laughs> something you can connect with. Yeah, but but I, I I say that in the sense of you know if I'm lucky to be able to be picky and choosy at all times. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes like you know a project comes along, I'm like, well, I don't think this is going to be that great, but I want an acting job right now, so I'll I'll do it. You'll do uh, it, yeah. But. Most of the time, most of the projects I've been in, there at least there has at least been something that has been like, yeah, I think I want to do this because I think this would be fun, or I think like, you know, the story's cute, or you know, whatnot. Yeah. But, like there's there's a I think the most unlike me character I've played would probably what would it be? Maybe this film I did called Fortune Defies Death. Okay. I got to be. Uh, I guess I don't want to give it away, but there's like, it's just a, a, a side of me that I hadn't been able to do on film yet, um, which I enjoyed. I really actually right. loved playing that role. Right. Um, the movie, you know, leaves, <laughs> it's it's not the best. <laughs> right. The movie suffers on many levels, but I can say that I really enjoyed the character that I got to be in that movie, even though there was some, some rough spot, spots in that film bit challenging um what what's your dream movie that you'd like to do for the last role? yeah for the last i don't know like seven years i have been i've been looking and like waiting for an opportunity to play a lawyer in a film cool i really want to be in a like a, a courtroom drama of some sort that's cool or a courtroom like thriller maybe like i love like the firm I would love to do a movie like The Firm. That would be a dream. Because I, I just, I don't know. I love I love the dynamic of being in a courtroom. And I love, yeah. I want to play like a, a lawyer that's in over his head of some sort. Yeah. Um, I think that that's, would honestly be my dream role right now. When I was in my 20s back home, I, uh, I watched a lot of LA Law and stuff like that. I really mm -hmm. loved that kind of uh, television drama type of thing with lawyers and that. I thought yeah. that was really cool too. Yeah. Or like, you know. Uh, what was that movie Al Pacino was in? What was that? And Keanu Reeves. Oh, the, uh, I know what you're talking about. The Devil uh, Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool too. Great movies. Oh, that would be really cool. I'd love to see you in that. Hopefully that'll happen. I hope so too. I would love to be in that. We'll yeah. see. Something will come up. Are things kind of opening up now? Because I know in Canada, things are kind of opening up like mad. <laughs> All yeah. of a sudden, so more yeah. jobs and things coming your way. Somewhat. Like uh, in Austin, you know, I, I had just moved here back in 2020. Right. So it's the film community here is not obviously nearly as strong as L.A. L.A. is like finally starting to get back into the swing of things. It took yeah. they're kind of out of most of the United States. L.A. is dragging their feet more than most. Oh, yeah. And uh but because of that, film has expanded throughout the states more so. Um, right. You're seeing product like smaller productions everywhere. Like I, I have actually just in Reno, doing mm -hmm. a film a few weeks. Uh, I just got back uh, three days ago. Oh, cool. And uh, so yeah, so you're seeing you're seeing more things pick up all throughout. But right. um, Austin still has a lot of growing to do when it comes to production. So hopefully, our production company here and uh, yeah. More filmmakers from LA actually have been moving here to Austin. Austin is like most other like cities in, in the United States, other than like LA and New York. Like it's it's booming here. Like the housing market has skyrocketed, and 
Yeah, I've a heard. A lot of filmmakers are moving, and and a lot of them are here, which is great. So um, there's a lot of potential. So hopefully things pick up in the air. And I know, like, with even the Screen Actors Guild, um, I, I don't know. If I, does Canada have, like, a film actors union? I'm not sure what that is. I think they, on some level, maybe, I don't know. But the Screen Actors Guild sure. here, they, they're – they're, they're becoming more lenient when it comes to the rules for COVID onsets, which is allowing more people to like actually want to do more production and stuff. So Right. Well, that's good. That's really good. Um, forgotten my question again. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah. What was I going to ask? Lots of ums. <laughs> um, oh, so can you tell us about anything that you're working on next or that's coming up? Yeah, so the most recent thing I did is called the Target List, or just Target. List. I don't think there's the in there. Uh, oh my gosh, there's a red robin on my. That's so cute. Make Sorry. a wish. I got this Sometimes shirt. out my door we have uh, deer. Oh, that's. It doesn't fun. happen very often, but it's really neat. It's so weird. There's so much more wildlife since COVID happened. I feel <laughs> <laughs> they're roaming around. Everyone was locked in, so all the animals were like, "Oh, great! It's our yeah. land now." Yeah. <laughs> Um, target list. Uh, we just finished filming that. That was in Reno. Okay. Reno, Nevada. Uh, right. and it's a, what would you, it was, it's a, I wouldn't, maybe not action thrill. It's, it's a comedy with some, with some like thrill to it. Okay. I guess I could say. Yeah. And the, the story is about, uh, this group of scientists, uh, create a cure for cancer and uh, they want to, they announce in the beginning of the film, they announce that they want to open it to the world and allow, like allow access to everyone on the planet and make it affordable for everyone so that people can just get cured of cancer. Right. Their, their aim is not financial gain. It is just to save people's lives. Right. Um, and then uh, a, a certain pharmaceutical company does not want this to be released because they make a lot of money off of cancer. And uh, they they know that once this product is released to the world, they will lose billions of dollars on their pharmaceutical stuff. So cool. they decide to hire assassins to kill the team that has created this cure. Um, and that's the movie. That That is the story of- Wow, I'm really interested in seeing that one for sure. Yeah, but it's a so it's a but it's a comedy at some level. But it's funny too. <laughs> There's the yeah, to the ease that seriousness of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Topic. And like the I like it. It's a, yeah, and I think uh the production company is newer. They they're, okay. they're this is I think their second feature. Right. Um so they're, you know, they're growing as a production company and they, you know, they've got potential to, you know, keep going and and so this is their second film and I think they adapted this particular script from a book that was that someone had written. I think it's also called Target List, I believe. Okay. And uh, so yeah, so they and I think initially they had planned on making it just an action thriller, right? Um, and then they they cast me and the other lead actress is this wonderful actress named Rachel League, and she lives in uh, or Alig. I don't know how to say her last name actually. She lives in L.A. Yeah. Um, and uh, we had a blast. Like it was so wonderful working with her. We got along really well, which is always great because you never know when you join a project if you're going to really connect with your other right 
counterpart. Um, but we had a blast. It, the, the the set was so fun. The crew was great. Yeah. Like everyone was great. Um, and we brought, uh, I think, more comedy to the film than the the directors were initially planning. Right. <laughs> and but they but they liked it. They they said it works. A, a tone that we want to continue with. So it turned into it was going to be an action thriller, and it turned into a comedy, somewhat thrill. <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting because I do a lot of deep dives in movies and oftentimes people talk so much about the director doing like making all the nuances and the thing come together and really pop. But not as many people talk about how that that the actors bring that to it, that extra little icing on top of the cake kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think the, that's cool. Yeah. On the independent level, too, it's it's more common, I think, for the right. actor to kind of have a, you know to be a, a participant in like the tone of the film. And, yeah. and, uh, and I think like directors, if they don't have, if they're not like tunnel visioned into what they want, then right. it allows for that kind of like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about it that way, but I actually do like that. Right. So it kind of lets it be more um, camaraderie in that. And uh, right. collaborative is the word. Yeah, I like that. That's why I love independent films so much. I think yeah. it's really cool for that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm gonna ask you one last question. It's a really okay. big question. What's your favorite movie? Oh, goodness. <laughs> favorite movie. Okay, well, I have an answer for it, but it's one of those answers that's like, I've just decided years ago that this is my favorite movie and it's just okay. gonna be my answer. Fair enough. It's mean I don't love it still, cause I, I do. It's just hard because when new movies come out, you're like, oh, but this yeah. movie, Oh, but this one's great. So there's like, yeah. I got a list of like 50 movies that are like my my favorite movie. Yeah. But um, one of my favorite movies of all time has been Moulin Rouge. Really? Yeah. That's cool. I, That's a beautiful film. I understand with your background why. Yeah. 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 I, I love Nicole Kidman. I love Ewan McGregor. I love the music in that movie. I love how they utilize the music in that movie. The visuals are like crazy, but like beautiful. Yeah. And the, the, I don't know, like the, the heart wrenching, like sadness of that film also really got me when I, I, I remember I saw it in theaters when it first came out. Cause like I was doing musical theater at that time and someone's like, Oh, we gotta go see Moulin Rouge. It's like, what are you talking? I don't even know what you're talking about. I haven't seen a trailer for this. So we go and like the first 20 minutes are just crazy. It's like, it's yeah. like nuts. It's like, this is like an acid trip. What the heck is going on? <laughs> And then uh, after that moment, when they first, when he sang your song in the in the elephant to uh, the first time when he met Satine, I was just like, while he was singing that, I just fell in love with them. I fell in love yeah. with the story. Yeah. And then from that moment on, I remembered in the beginning of the movie, it starts with him saying that the woman I loved is dead. And that, so the rest of the movie, I couldn't stop thinking, she's gonna die. She's gonna die. Oh my gosh, she's gonna die. Yeah. And uh, it just really got me at that time in my life, and I don't know why. But yeah, no, it's a beautiful film. I hope that they remake it one day, and that you get to play Ewan McGregor's part. <laughs> I, How cool would that be? I, I think would, you'd be really good at that. I would just die. There's no way. Ah, oh, that'd be amazing. They, I mean, they do the Broadway show now. Oh, do they? They do. Yeah, it's in New York. Um, I got to see it an early uh, when they were in previews in Boston. I went and yeah. saw that with a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, 
And it was a little bit, you know, I don't love the Broadway show as much as I love the movie. The movie, it's, yeah. It doesn't translate as well, in my opinion. But it's still an actual, it's a great experience. But Yeah, yeah, you recommend it. Uh, do you sing as well? I do, yeah. Oh, good. Well, there you go. See, you're perfect for it. <laughs> Just manifest it and put it out there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's all I have to ask today. Um, so thank you so much for agreeing to do this because I know you're really busy. Um, and it was really nice talking to you again. Um, I wish you all success in the future and you can come back anytime you want. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Bye. hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a pleasure talking with Justin. Don't forget to check out his IMDb. It's linked in the description as well as my YouTube channel, Ocean Chicks Films for the video version of this episode, as well as much more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers.